From the American Society of Cataract and Refractive Surgery, I'm Josh Young, and this is As Seen From Here. On today's podcast, the alpha and omega of fish oil and ocular surface disease. The level of dietary omega-3 intake is related to differences in the lipids in my bromine gland secretions, and that if patients are supplemented with short-chain omega-3s, this can also alter the composition of their meibromian gland lipids. First this. 2017 marks the launch of a new meeting, the iWorld Surgical Summit in Deer Valley, Utah. The beauty of Deer Valley is astounding. Gorgeous mountains, crisp air, wonderful food, and Deer Valley is justifiably famous for its fabulous skiing. And all of this is just the backdrop to the most convivial and practical meeting of the year. The iWorld Surgical Summit focuses on advances and techniques that you can apply to your practice immediately. Look for links to next year's Surgical Summit at surgicalsummit.iworld.org. And did I mention the skiing? I've been advocating the use of fish oil for my dry eye and my bromine gland dysfunction patients for many years. I pride myself on practicing evidence-based medicine, but this aspect of my clinical practice has been a bit evidence-deficient. There have been studies demonstrating the benefit to omega-3 supplementation, but a mass double-blind randomized trial has been lacking until now. Laura Downey recently published results of just such a study comparing not only fish oil to a control, but also comparing different marine omega-3 oils. I'm delighted to welcome Dr. Downey as my guest today. My conversation with Dr. Downey was one of my favorite interviews ever. It is lengthy, and I'm breaking it up into two parts. The first part will be more of a sort of a primer on omega-3 oils, the second half to be podcast next time is more about Dr. Downey's study. We're going to be talking about the use of omega-3 supplements for the treatment of dry eye. By what mechanism have omega-3 supplements been proposed to address dry eye? So it's well established that inflammation plays a key role in the pathogenesis of dry eye. Uh, and one of the major mechanisms through which omega-3 supplements are considered to be therapeutic is through modulating the inflammatory status of the eye by altering systemic cytokine production. So there are two main categories of essential fatty acids, and these are the omega-3s and the omega-6s, uh, which are termed essential as they're necessary for complete health, and they also need to be ingested from the diet. So the ratio of consumed omega-6 to omega-3 is a determinant of the overall inflammatory status of the body. So the omega-6 pathway mainly produces pro-inflammatory mediators, whereas the omega-3 pathway biases prostaglandin production towards the generation of anti-inflammatory mediators, which help limit and resolve inflammation. In modern Western diets, the ratio of consumed omega-6 to omega-3 is generally in favour of omega-6 by about 15 to 1, whereas we know an ideal ratio is actually about 4 to 1. So by increasing the systemic omega-3 levels, such as with dietary supplements or in foods, we can lower this omega-6 
to omega-3 ratio uh, with the intent of delivering some systemic anti-inflammatory benefits. The other major mechanism um, in addition to anti-inflammatory effects with omega-3 supplements is thought to be related to changes to meibomian gland secretions. So it's been shown that the level of dietary omega-3 intake is related to differences in the lipids in meibomian gland secretions and that if patients are supplemented with short-chain omega-3s, this can also alter the composition of their meibomian gland lipids and alter their tear stability. Laura, for years I've been advising my dry eye patients to take fish oil to address their dry eye conditions. I've understood that I've done so with limited evidence. So prior to your study, what evidence existed that fish oil was beneficial in the treatment of dry eye? So over the past five years, there have been at least 12 published clinical trials investigating the use of different forms of omega-3 supplements, including fish oil, uh, for treating dry eye, being about double the number of studies published in the five years prior to this time. So there's certainly a lot of interest in this area. There have been a couple of recent systematic reviews and meta-analyses of these individual studies, which have concluded that although a sizable number of trials have been conducted, there is a need still for further evidence to substantiate these findings. So while the results of these trials have generally been quite promising, a recognised limitation of many of these studies has been their potential for bias as many weren't double masked or had acknowledged study design limitations. Prior to our study, there have actually been very few high-quality randomised trials to properly inform clinical practice in the field. And so, as a result, there has been a lack of consensus in relation to the optimal treatment protocol for using omega-3 supplements to treat dry eye, in particular with regard to the optimal dose for patients, the composition of the supplement, and how long we should be treating our patients for. Laura, what, what is EPA and DHA? So EPA and DHA are the long-chain forms of omega-3 fatty acids which are found in high abundance in fish and other marine-based sources of omega-3 including krill oil. So their biological actions are complementary but distinct. So as I mentioned earlier, the ratio of consumed omega-6 to omega-3 Uh, can determine the overall inflammatory status of the body. And this is because within the body, the two pathways compete for the same enzymes to produce their byproducts. And so the relative proportion of omega-6 to omega-3 intake will drive the relative production of either pro-inflammatory or anti-inflammatory mediators. So if there's a bias towards an abundance of omega-6, like in Western diets, this will result in producing pro-inflammatory mediators produced from arachidonic acid, which most people will have heard of in terms of its pro-inflammatory features, whereas Products of EPA metabolism, so that's the long chain form of omega-3, tends to inhibit this conversion. So it limits inflammatory responses. So in the body, EPA is converted to a range of pro-resolving lipid mediators, which help resolve inflammation. And DHA is also converted to a different series of resolvins and neuroprotectins, 
Um, and there's evidence that in dry eye, uh, these different mediators can be involved in a number of responses such as epithelial cell survival, uh, recovery from oxidative stress and wound healing, uh, which are important uh, in the treatment in dry eye. So basically, ensuring patients consume enough omega-3s is really critical for keeping this omega-6 to omega-3 ratio in balance uh, to keep the pro-inflammatory omega-6 pathway in check. Laura, depending upon source, some omega-3 fatty acids are esterified as phospholipids and some are in a triglyceride form. What is the implication of these forms of fatty acid and which sources yield which of these forms? So there are three major forms of omega-3s, being the ethyl esters, the triacylglycerides and the phospholipids. And as you note, it's important to realise that substantial differences exist between commercially available omega-3 preparations. First, looking at fish oil, uh, fish can naturally contain mercury uh, and so as a safety precaution, commercial fish oils typically adopt the process of adding alcohol uh, to detoxify these compounds. The addition of the alcohol induces a chemical change in the natural triacylglycerides found in the fish and converts this into an ethyl ester compound. There's some evidence to suggest that the body can have more difficulty processing and absorbing the ethyl ester form, which is not naturally found in natural sources of omega-3s. And so re-esterification is a process that removes this artificially induced alcohol in the chemically modified fish oil to recreate the more natural triacylglyceride form of omega-3 fatty acids. So in nature, the omega-3s are found either mainly in triglycerides or phospholipids, and triglycerides are highly hydrophobic, whereas phospholipids are naturally hydrophilic. So as the physical chemical properties of these two groups are different, this has been suggested to influence their bioavailability and their incorporation into our body tissues. So as I mentioned earlier, in fish oil, the omega-3 fatty acids are mainly stored as triacylglycerides, and so re-esterified fish oil supplements will mainly contain that triacylglyceride form of omega-3. In krill oil, which derives from Antarctic krill, about half of the EPA and DHA are in phospholipid form. And this has been considered to potentially increase their tissue distribution and bioavailability compared with consuming a triglyceride form of omega-3. Another important aspect to note about krill oil is that it also contains the carotenoid antioxidant, astaxanthin, uh, which has been shown to improve its stability and there's some evidence to suggest it also may impart some other health benefits. So krill oil being in this predominantly phospholipid form of omega-3 is relatively unique, uh, which is why we were interested in investigating its application to treat dry eye disease in our study. Well, and, and that leads into what I was going to ask next, which is what question did your study seek to answer? Yeah, so the study was actually inspired uh, by my own clinical experiences in treating dry eye patients. So it's well known that many patients will self-medicate with omega-3 supplements 
based upon the premise of these well-publicized health benefits. And so in talking to my patients, I learned that some had changed from fish oil supplements to krill oil supplements, and they'd reported having relatively greater improvements in terms of their dry eye symptoms. When I looked at the scientific literature though, I found that there had been no research comparing the relative efficacy of different forms of long chain omega-3s for treating dry eye disease. And so this became the inspiration for our study. Uh, so the aim of the study was to formally assess the efficacy of the two different forms of long chain omega-3 supplements, being the phospholipid form predominantly found in krill oil and the triacylglyceride form in fish oil for treating patients with moderately severe dry eye disease over a three month period. We also sought to compare the relative benefit of both forms of long chain omega-3s in relation to how they modify both the clinical and immunological expression of dry eye. Can I get you to describe the study's design and what your main outcome measures were? Sure. So the study was a randomised double mask placebo-controlled trial and it was conducted at a single site at the University of Melbourne in Australia. We recruited 60 participants who had moderate dry eye disease and they were randomised to one of three treatment groups, a placebo group who received olive oil um, at a dose of 1500 milligrams per day, a krill oil group and a fish oil supplement group and the Two omega-3 arms received approximately 1,500 milligrams per day of <clears throat> combined EPA and DHA for the 90-day duration, and each patient attended for a monthly study visit. Our primary outcome measures were the mean change in both tear osmolarity and dry eye symptoms, which we measured using the Ocular Surface Disease Index, or OSDI score, between baseline day one and the study endpoint, which was day 90. We also wanted to look at a range of secondary outcomes uh, relating to key clinical signs, such as tear stability, uh, tear production, the degree of ocular surface staining, the extent of ocular redness, tear production, uh, and also to quantify tear inflammatory cytokine levels measured from basal tear samples. And so this study is important as it's actually the first to investigate the effect of krill oil supplements uh, for treating human eye disease. We'll end the interview here and pick up where we left off next time. Laura Downey is Senior Lecturer and Translating Research into Practice Fellow at the University of Melbourne in Melbourne, Australia. Her paper, A Randomized Double Mask Placebo-Controlled Clinical Trial of Two Forms of Omega-3 Supplements for Treating Dry Eye Disease, appears in the January 2017 issue of Ophthalmology. Ask questions of Dr. Downey or any of our previous guests, or make a comment about any of the topics we've discussed. These interviews are meant to be the start of a conversation in which you participate. Write to me with your questions or comments at josh at iWorld.org. As Seen From Here is a production of the American Society of Cataract and Refractive Surgery. Be a part of the next podcast. I'm Josh Young.